Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is fascinating, Lee. What's that? After years of adding self-checkout, I love self-checkout. Yes. Cashier's just too slow for me. I'm like, honey, I did done in twice, you know, twice yeah. run through half the time. Get out of my way. Um, I, and, and then there's always that woman in the line in front of you who's got like 55 things. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you're like, honey, you're standing the 10 item or fewer. Yeah. Never mind. I yeah. give up. I'm going to the self-checkout. Yeah. So, and, and, and for the last two decades, there's just been this move to self-checkout because it saves on hiring the cashier and right. all the expenses go with that and all that kind of stuff. It worked out great. People prefer it until now. Uh-oh. Until now, this is, I'm getting to an interesting point. It's a commentary on America. Headlines, I'm just going to go through. I started noticing this this fall. Why several big box stores have ditched their self-checkouts, including three Walmarts at Albuquerque, New Mexico. Ripped them clear out. That took some money. And the expense of hiring cashiers. Why? CNN, Walmart, Costco, and other companies rethink self-checkout. A uh, list of stores in Fast Company uh, scaling back on self-checkout. On and on and on and on. Hmm. What's up with that? Well, now we find out. And this is an astonishing uh, stat. It's because of Gen Z. Now, more than half of Gen Z shoppers in this study, um, it's a poll basically in the New York Post, say they prefer self-checkout lines. I would even switch their store of choice if you have, you know, e- ease of checkout, right? right? Right. So you think, well, it's a win. No. No, no. It's not. A whop- because a whopping 37% of Gen Z admits they prefer the self-checkout kiosks so they can shoplift. <laughs> I kind of figured there was something, uh, some criminal element coming into this. Yep. More than one-third of young shoppers admit that they shoplift while cashing out at the self-checkout. According to a lending tree survey, more than 2,000. No other generation came close. Nearly half of Gen Z respondents said they steal the most expensive items from their cart, while only 37% said they would only lift the necessities. They're moral people. There's just the necessities. Just, just what I need to survive. Now, you're thinking, well, okay, what's up with that? What What is the primary reason they're giving, right? You would think, okay, well, maybe they're struggling. Bidenomics, right? Biden inflation. Okay, get it. No, that's not it. Well, wh- why are they stealing? Why do they admit to stealing? You know the number's got to be much higher than what, you know, these are just people admitting it, right? Right. 
Some, but some have said, New York Post reports, the criminal behavior is a means of vindication. They do it for vindication. We quote, we have so many companies that don't care about their customers, only about making money. Uh, One respondent said, if we can punish the corporations, we feel we have done our best. Okay, let's think about this for a minute, okay? Because just going back, okay, Gen Z's been around for a while, right? Some of them are in their late 20s, but this was not enough of a problem that major retailers from Costco to Walmart to Target had to rip out their self-checkouts or are rethinking them or closing one one of the strategies. They'll close a lot of them down to force people into the checkout lines and they're hiring more cashiers. I've been covering this for a while. Well, okay, well, it wasn't like this with Gen Z though until a couple of years ago. Like, when did this roughly correspond with? Summer of love. Mm-hmm. Summer of love. And what was all over liberal media? Shoplifting is not theft. It's, you know, property crime is not theft. It's moral. Remember the New York Post, uh, New York Times arguing? It's, no, it's uh, the insurance company will just pay it or something. It's, no, it's moral. Besides these companies, they make too much money. They make money ripping off the little guy. You're just a little guy. I mean, you got to get yours. And it was repeated over and over and over and over as property crime was lauded. It was a way to help readjust the racial imbalance and the racist imbalance in this country. Yeah, equity. Equity. And they were not messing around with it. They were serious. And that's when this started because, again, the tail end of Gen Z is in their upper 20s and they were in their lower 20s. This wasn't a problem. It is now. It's the mentality. The liberal media gave them permission moral permission to steal. And they're using the self-checkout to do it. And what's so amazing is they're admitting it because they're proud of it. Their sentiments are indicative of a larger trend as just over half of Gen Zers were reported to feel negatively about capitalism. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's it. That's it right there. Mm-hmm. I, I saw something. Jesse Waters had uh, on Fox News last night had a uh, black American pundit who was commenting on this situation about the uh, congresswoman that was complaining about Walgreens shutting down because they were losing money. And she said it was just because of greed. And she was making an interesting point. She was saying this is an opportunity for Democrat socialists to go ahead and then take care of the problem. So then open up your own drugstore where you provide the drugs, where you pay the folks 25 bucks an hour to work there, and and, and show us that capitalism uh, has failed and that Democrat socialism can prevail. Go ahead and show us. Here's your opportunity. And I thought that was an excellent point. Yeah, so this is um, this is this made me so happy this morning. This is Ayanna Presley, member of the squad. Yeah, yeah. On the floor of Congress, screaming her head off, because of the racism, the terrible racism. She is mad that Walgreens has shut down uh, in an 85% black and brown area uh, where she comes from in her district. And she said, it's just, it's racist. And she cannot even believe this is happening. 
Mr. Speaker, Walgreens is planning to close yet another pharmacy in the Massachusetts 7th, this time on Warren Street in Roxbury, a community that is 85% black and Latino. This closure is a part of a larger trend of abandoning low-income communities like the previous closures in Mattapan and Hyde Park, both in the Massachusetts 7th. When a Walgreens leaves a neighborhood, they disrupt the entire community and they take them and they take with them baby formula, diapers, asthma inhalers, life-saving medications, and of course, jobs. These closures are not arbitrary and they are not innocent. They are life-threatening acts of racial and economic discrimination. That is why I joined with Senator Markey and Warren to demand answers from Walgreens CEO. Why was there no community input, no adequate notice to customers, and no transition resources to prevent gaps in health care? Shame on you, Walgreens. Having a website with talking points about health equity and underserved communities is not enough. Walgreens is a multi-billion dollar corporation that needs to put their money where their mouth is and stop divesting from black and brown communities. Wait wait a minute. Okay, if if, 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 let's listen to this quietly. Hold on. Because they said they, they were all about other groups moving out of these communities, like the police. Defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police. Yes, I support the defund movement. We're talking about um, the reduction of our NYPD budget and defunding a $6 billion NYPD budget. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle. Well, so all that has happened here then is the Walmart store, which, I mean, the Walgreens store, let's look at it this way, it was defunded and dismantled, right? Yeah. Only fair. Well, let's, let's apply some liberal logic to this situation. Liberal progressives tell us that with as far as illegal immigration is concerned, we've got to get to the root causes of the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, let's examine the root cause of this problem. Is it racism? No, it is crime. I guarantee you that if you had a Walgreens and Buckhead that suddenly was losing their rear end because all of the the rich folks there, maybe predominantly white, were stealing stuff and they weren't making a profit, they'd close it down too. Well, that's exactly what's happening here with the self-checkout lines. I mean, when you're talking over 50% of Gen Z admits, yeah, I prefer the self-checkout so I can steal, um, that's that crosses all races at that num- numerical value right there. Look, Larry Elder nailed this, okay? He's obviously black, He's like, wait, wait, wait a minute, this doesn't even make sense. I know this, that area that she's complaining about has a crime rate that's twice the national average. And by the way, she says 85% of the people in that area are black and brown. Well, 85% of the people in that area were black and brown when they opened the store. And if she really feels bad about it, pass the hat, have your rich friends pitch in uh, and build a store, and you operate it, and you find out whether or not you can make a profit when people are stealing. It's the crime, stupid. It's the crime, stupid. It's the crime, stupid. That's what's going on here <laughs> by the way specifically if you want to know what's going on in roxbury this doesn't cover the gen z thing but um headline this just tells you short-staffed boston police department is in a dire position they cannot get people to apply for the job why because you have to deal with ayanna presley she's not are you kidding me you just like forget that i'm going to like you know somewhere in south carolina where it's red and people are normal yeah so think about it. If you don't have the police, if you're suffering from de-policing or the de-policing mentality, you can't even have self-checkout. Not when Gen Z's like, I'm going to rob you blind. Uh, listen to this. This is another one. I mean, they're just t- these are respondents from Gen Z. I don't believe that stealing from large corporations is immoral as it detracts from systems that exploit its workers and resources 
for economic gains. So for the first time in two decades, these stores are shutting down lanes, shutting down kiosks and ripping out their self-checkout. Going back. I mean, I guess the good news is they got to hire cashiers now, right? Yeah. So. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Texter writes, Walmart, I'm sorry, Walgreens is closing because of greed, the greed of filthy shoplifters. We're talking about this incredible study uh, by Lending Tree. Uh, you can find it in the New York Post. A whopping one-third of Gen Z shoplifters admit they prefer self-checkout. I'm sorry. A whopping one-third of Gen, G- Gen Z shoppers admit they prefer self-checkout kiosks so they can shoplift. No other generation comes close. More than one-third of young shoppers admitted they shoplift while cashing out of self-check. In fact, they will go to a store that has the kiosks over one that doesn't so they can shoplift. And more than half of Gen Z shoppers uh, say they shoplift in the checkout, the self-checkout line. Nearly half of Gen Z respondents said they steal the most expensive items from their cart, while only 37% said they'd only lift the necessities. They're moral people. But what's so interesting is you're not finding this in other generations, and you're seeing these articles. You can look on Google. It's article after article. All these stores that were saving on cashiers um, by putting in kiosks to self-checkout, they're having to take them out now. Or they leave some of them closed to force you into the checkout lane because it's just they're getting robbed blind. And when they ask them, just to summarize in these surveys, these people, are, these kids are saying, Gen Z, are saying, oh, yeah, no, because I, I steal from the corporation because corporations are immoral. I don't believe that stealing from large corporations is immoral and it detracts from systems that exploit workers. So I, I got to do that. Okay, again, Gen, this was not a problem three years ago. It wasn't because, I mean, you talk about the tail end of Gen Z, it's in the upper 20s, right? They weren't stealing like this. Where does it come from? Summer of love, Democrats. Told them again and again and again on a loop. 
oh, corporations are evil. You should steal. No, no, no. It's, it's not stealing if it's a corporation. It's, yeah, we hate corporate. We're Marxists. Who led the charge on that? I mean, there's so many Democrats, hard to say. But hey, Gavin Newsom, governor of California. Where do you hear this? And one of the most unself-aware people on the planet, part of the mental illness that is liberalism is this profound, almost clinically diagnosable sense of non-self-awareness. This moron goes into Target, goes into Target, and he's watching people steal right in front of him. Like, why would they be doing that? Well, because he backed one of his signature pieces of legislation. It was actually an amendment. Proposition 47 was on the ballot. Said, hey, uh, any theft under $950, no big deal. We're going to take it from a felony to a misdemeanor. And then the attorney general stayed us out of, uh, sorry, California, uh, you know, announced, hey, guess what? We're not going to prosecute misdemeanors anymore. Misdemeanors with that. So what that means is you want the TV, you just go and get to one under 925 bucks and you're, I mean, you're whatever. And then there's no, there's no bond. So you bond right back out. And then in the afternoon, you go get yourself another TV from the same store and they can't stop you. So Gavin Newsom, the idiot, unself-aware governor of California, he's having a Zoom meeting with his staff and he's complaining and it's glorious. He said, I just spent, he, he, he stops the cashier and he says, look, somebody's stealing. They're sitting there, look at them, go get them, they're walking out. And she's like, nah, the governor won't let us. And he's like, well, why am I paying $380 check out here at Target if that guy gets to steal? Listen to this. And I was like, why am I spending $380? Everyone can walk the hell right out. Well, this is what made him mad. The cashier, not realizing he's the governor, Says that's basically because of our idiot governor. As we're checking out, the woman says, oh, he's just walking out. He didn't pay for that. I said, well, why are you stopping him? She goes, oh, the governor. The governor lowered the threshold. There's no, there's no, there's no accountability. Oh. Well, then the cashier regular realizes she's talking to the governor. And she freaks out. She freaks out. And then... She goes, she looks at me twice and then she freaks out. She calls everyone over, wants to take photos. I'm like, no, I'm not taking a photo. We're having a conversation. Where's your manager? How are you blaming the governor? Okay. Why? He wants to talk to her manager to get her in trouble for blaming the governor. You can't even, you just can't. And he's like, oh, I didn't cause the theft. I said, that's just not true. We're having a conversation. Where's your manager? How are you blaming the governor? And I was like, why am I spending $380? Everyone can walk the hell right out. Uh, Prop 47. Oh, 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 and that little bill you you signed, the one where all those Indian, um, you know, uh, family-owned businesses, these Indian men are there, and they're like, we're going to go broke because now you you are barring our employees from even, even stopping those who steal unless they are trained and you're forcing them to have 24-hour security and if they even have to stop a shoplifter we have to pay out of pocket for their psychological counseling not just of the person who stopped it like the security guard but everyone who worked there at the time thus bankrupting every convenience store that's family owned in the state that Gavin Newsom well yeah Victor Davis Hanson nails it I just do you think you listen to this and here's the thing this is just him talking on zoom to his staff he later says, this isn't being recorded, is it? Uh, yeah, moron, it's Zoom. Do they, are they really 
this dumb? I just thought they were evil. Like just evil and into pure destruction, right? Pure Marxism, pure looting, pure chaos. Maybe they don't really get out much. Maybe they don't really realize how they've ruined America. Do you think that's possible? They're really that dumb? I mean, we have noted in the past that they are the most unself-aware people truly on the planet. I don't know. Here's Victor Davis Hansen on this. Yeah, well, most Democrats have renounced Prop 47 that reduced shoplifting to a mere misdemeanor if it was under, I shouldn't say shoplifting, theft, under 950. Yeah. He still endorses yeah. it, Laura. He, no Bay Area, no California politician is more responsible for the mess. He's been 27 years without a job in the private sector. Board of Supervisor of San Francisco, Mayor of San Francisco, Lieutenant Governor of San Francisco, California Governor. Straight 27 years, nobody's more responsible to what California's become than him. Uh, yeah. Now, look, here, here you go. Okay, so you want to just, I want to just one place real quick, because you're wondering, like, where did this generation get the idea that they are culture warriors if they steal from the corporation? They're doing something good. So much theft that these stores are now having uh, to get rid of the self-checkout. Oh, Patrice Colors. Like, you remember this, Black Lives Matter, which the whole country was told, they, these, these folks, they... Um, were the heroes. We are very obsessed with property damage. Um, property damage is seen as sort of like the pinnacle of destruction and violence. Um, and we rarely hear the media focus on police violence or police terror. Oh, yeah, I got a whole stack of these clips. I could play them all morning. The New York Times coming out saying, it did, no, property crime doesn't count. It's not real crime because some insurance company somewhere pays or something. Um, no, that's actually not how it goes. We all pay for shrink for shrinkflation. It's um, it's just an incredibly immoral degradation. And again, they not they're proud of their theft. They feel like they're getting back at the man. It's not just hey, I got to steal to get by. That's what's so fascinating. I mean, we're talking about binomics. They could just say hey, I'm too poor, I can't afford it. But that's not the answer they give when asked why are you do it. Oh, we hate capitalism. We got to get back at demand. We do. We just do it to get back. It's what we have to do. It's what we're supposed to do. That's a moral system, folks. And it's alien to to America. It is. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Good morning. All right. Going to have a couple of perspectives here um, on this constitutional carry bill. And I was worried about this, um, that it would go over to the Senate uh, where there's a lot of liberal Republicans who are really just Democrats pretending to be Republicans uh, and they would chop block it. And former Senator Lee, uh, Lee Bright, on the line, and he's got some concerns with this bill. Uh, good morning, Lee Bright. 
Hey, good morning. How are you? Good, good. All right, so, um, I, and apparently you're not the only one. The National Association for Gun Rights is now warning about this bill that it, what is supposed to be a constitutional carry bill could essentially restrict your rights only in South Carolina, right? Yeah, the, 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 there's a couple issues. One, really, when it came over from the House, you know, they codified federal law, and, and they argue that, well, it's federal law anyway, but the state doesn't have to enforce federal law. And, and they made this amendment, I mean, actually, in the original bill in the House side, there were problems, and I was hoping the Senate would fix it. But, you know, if, if you've got a misdemeanor, I mean, the code used to be in South Carolina violent felony, but this changes if you've got a misdemeanor that the conviction carries, that, that you can serve one year or more, then you lose your gun rights. Wait, wait. And I mean that. That's wait, wait, stop. If you have a misdemeanor, you lose your gun rights. So if if it's a crime punished by a maximum term of imprisonment of more than one year. Okay, but you don't have to actually get a year. I mean, a lot of people just get probation right, for right, yeah. Okay. Right, right. You don't even have to get a year. You just got to be charged with something that carries more than one year of imprisonment. Okay. Um, and then uh, there's also the concern here: the National Association. Uh, for gun rights that you, you know, the whole, I, I thought the whole idea was you could just constitutional carry. I mean, the second amendment is very clear. You can carry a gun. They don't, you know, you can have a gun. They don't care how you carry it. But with this, you'd apparently have to get a, basically what amounts to a permit from the South Carolina state government. And if I understand correctly, because this is written kind of weird, um, that you could be arrested if you did not have the permit, but you made the... What? Well, what the Senate did was the Senate made it to where you have a different classification. So if you don't have a permit and mm-hmm. you get charged with a crime, you're going to face a, a, a more severe penalty. Okay. So, so the argument on, on – and, and this is all – this all happened, you know, late uh, Thursday. And, and, of course, they, they've got uh, – I don't know if you keep up with, with uh, Tommy Dinsdale and Palmetto Gum Rights, but they did an email on this talking about how, you know – and that's what the Senate does. They recess. They say we're going to recess for thirty minutes. Two hours later, they come up with something bad, and that's 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 what they did for eight years when I was in there. So um, you know that that was the part that that you know I'm upset with the House version. Of course, you know I'm one of those. I, I just I feel like that you know if if um, you're not a danger or a threat to society, you ought to be able to defend yourself. And if you're a threat to society, you need to be in jail. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's one of those things. So. I don't understand uh, this thing of, of two classes of citizens on that because a misdemeanor, there's a lot of things that are misdemeanors carry, that carry more than a year or a year or more that should not deny you the fundamental right to self-defense. You know, that, that just blows my mind. But you get beyond that and go to what Palmetto Gun Rights is talking about, that they're creating two classes of citizens. You're going to be treated, cre- treated one way if you have a permit and totally differently if you don't if if you're charged with a crime you know and you have a weapon so you know the argument is well don't get charged with a crime but you, you got to realize the environment we're living in right now <laughs> i mean we we've we've got issues you know it this this lawfare that you see going on on the national level i mean th- there's so much selective enforcement that goes on in this country you don't want a situation where you know, and and from equal protection, how how can one citizen be treated differently just because they have a permit from the state? And I think that's what what uh, Dudley with uh, national gun rights is arguing about. So, what would you do to change uh, this constitutional carry bill? I mean, I, it's so frustrating because other states 
seem to be able to do this, including some blue, like bluish, or I should mean, what, purple states. We just can't get it together, Lee. I mean, this just gets messed up every year. What, what would you change to get one, this one through? What, what, well, let me well, ask definitely. you this. Would you kill it and start over, or we should just pass something because it's better than nothing? What, what would you do? Well, here's, here's the problem we get in South Carolina is once you pass something, we're done. We're never going to fix it. Right. And it's an election year, so the pressure's on. So I would hope that the House is going to fix it, but I would I would also hope that they would look at this this section sixteen twenty three five hundred that that changes it from the language. The strike is violent crime as defined by section sixteen one sixty that is classified as a felony offense. That was the original law, and it strikes that out and says crime punishable by a maximum term of imprisonment of more than one year. That's a tremendous change. And and if if they're going to argue that, oh, we're just doing what the federal go, we don't need to be codifying federal law. We need to be nullifying federal law. Amen to that. Amen to that. All right. Um, so what, what do you think? What, I mean, what should people do? Should they call their yeah, legislators? Or? The house, they, they need to, they need to push, they need to push back on, on, on the section 16, 23, 500 on the house. Cause it goes back to the house. They need to push back on that section. And then obviously the, the part about having two classes of citizens, one with permits and one without, which is in that letter. So, you know, the amendment that, that, that was put on in the Senate needs to be, be taken out, and, and they need to take a hard look at this uh, Section 1623-500 as well. I know that's complicated. I know that's in the weeds. And what happens is that's why they win. Their side gets in the weeds, gets into the complicated, and they kneecap what we try to accomplish. And our side gets afraid because they think, wait a minute, I just better keep my head down and vote aye because people aren't paying attention and they're going to get mad at me if I ask questions. And what these politicians that a lot of them, we have some that are on our side, but they're just afraid and we need to, to buck them up, give them some encouragement and tell them they got to start asking the tough questions and we have their back when they fight. Lee Bright, uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning uh, on the show. We're up against a break, um, but yeah, a little disappointing, hoping that, uh, we can finally get this bill, uh, a good version of it, it's, through it's the House. It's not over yet, so call right. your House members this weekend. Right. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. Warn you all the time, what we're not seeing, we are not seeing Democrats go soft on crime. Democrats are incredibly tough on crime, more so even than we are. It's just they want to redefine what crime is. Crime is being an individual of low value to the party. That is what crime is. You want to see what tough on crime looks like? Tough on crime is multi-year sentences for grandmas who filmed selfies. um, Grandmas who filmed selfies on January 6th after they had the doors open, had the doors held open for them by Capitol Police officers who waved them in. Come on, come on in, come in. And then you get three years, four years in prison for that after they don't pre-dawn raid your home. That's tough on crime. They're not soft on crime. Now, we don't understand what they're doing because we're not taking the time to understand it. They are creating criminal classes. Our country used to be oriented toward the law. You break the law, you go to prison. Now they're trying to reorient the country to political crime. All crime comes from the value of the individual. If you are a low-value individual, in other words, not perceived to be one of their voters— you get the book thrown at you. But if you're not, in fact, if you're a high-value voter, you are non-white or you are an alphabet person, well, the rules are different 
for you. Now, I thought invading the Capitol was wrong. I thought going into areas of the Capitol that constitute trespassing, if they are closed, was wrong. And so is lewd and lascivious conduct. That also could have been a charge for the Democrat staffer who filmed himself having uh, rear-end sex with his boyfriend, proudly displaying his crime online because he can't do justice. I would have thought all that. No, no charges from Capitol Police? Are you freaking kidding me? No charges. No, nah, no, nah, that's good. Just go in when, you know, when because if you go in without permission after, that's trespassing. Now, I mean, literally, that's what the, what, what the code that they use because um, it's separate from federal law It's because it, they're, they're a congressional police force. Mark Hemingway nails this on Twitter. Let me get this straight. Merely walking through the Capitol unauthorized is a felony for which you can serve many years if you are perceived to be a low-value voter. In other words, a Trump supporter. But having public sex in a building, filming it, putting it online, that violates at least, that is at least three crimes committed in the Capitol. Doesn't even merit a public lewdness charge. Doesn't merit a trespassing charge. Because they were in a place they were not they were not allowed to be. Please tell me what I am uh, why I am supposed to respect rule of law in this country. Hemingway tweets, he's right. He's right. So I guess the problem with the grandmas is they didn't bring their girlfriends in to film sex while wearing a pride flag on their chest. Because then we would have celebrated if only they knew. Right now they have to do years in prison. Including one breastfeeding mom. She went to prison. Did she break anything? Nope. Assaults anyone? No. Just walk through taking selfies. And folks, understand. now. And I don't even understand the, the, just the legality of this. And there have been some problems with the cases. But lately some actually good rulings have gone our way. Now they're literally using a warrant that allows them to go get the cell phones of people who didn't enter the Capitol. They didn't trespass. They're getting them on intent to disrupt, even though they never did the crime. And sure, I mean, all they had to do was, I mean, they could have just walked right in, had same-sex sex, and everybody would be like, yay, this is so cool, celebrate. Heck, they could have filmed themselves and put themselves online. Look at me, look at me having sex inside the Capitol. I'm trespassing and committing a lewd and levicious, levicious, I can't say the word act. Let me, let me do it. Hey, yeah, cool, all right. U.S. Capitol, so you understand what Capitol Police are, right? They answer, it's the police force of Congress. They have their own Praetorian Guard, essentially. They answer to the Speaker. Not charge, well, I don't know if Mike Johnson approved this, but uh, anyway. Will not charge anyone in the sex video incident in the Senate hearing room. Yeah, good thing that wasn't heterosexual sex and nobody was an identifiable Trump voter. <laughs> we could be talking like 7, 8, 15, 17 years here. I mean, it could, it could be bad. But, you know, different standards. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.